0: Well,
1: hello. Welcome to Chucked. Special morning uh, in the sports world today. We're going to dive right into that. I'm Charles Braxton. I'm here with Austin Charles. Last night, Austin, did you get to see Drew Brees break the all-time NFL passing yardage Watched it on my phone. Did you watch it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was special because I think it's one of the good guys. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the good guys who is... um, is living his life rightly has made a tremendous impact. The love and affection that the people of New Orleans showed to him last night was special. You see know. the guy crying. Yeah, <laughs> I was cool. like, man, it's, it's true. For us hapless sports fans, hopeless sports fans, It's it can, can get emotional. I got emotional watching him with his boys, mm-hmm. and he goes up to his boys after he breaks the record. Of course, they stop the game, and he says, boys... Uh, you, you can achieve about anything in life if you're willing to work hard and not quit, you know, and, they're why. and that's what he said, I love you. And then after the game, Lisa Salters asked him, do you remember what you said to your boys when you went up to him? And he goes, I, I'm not sure, but I think it's probably what I always say every night when they go to bed. You can achieve anything in life that you want to if you're willing to work hard and not quit. And um, uh, I love you. So, he, you know, he told told him all that. And uh, it was just, I got teary-eyed oh, just yeah.
0: watching it. Um, here's a perspective for you going with that. Um, I heard at halftime, you probably heard this too, that someone asked him once, do you feel like your career was about proving people wrong? He said, no, I felt like it was proving people right. That's uh, interesting. I didn't hear him
1: say that. I heard him at the end say that about the two people who were as responsible for this as anything are both in heaven And that is his mom and his grandfather. And Mm -hmm. and he did say it then. He said, uh, I'm glad I could prove them right. They believed in me, which is tremendous. You know, you think about motivation. Uh, I think I lived my life a lot with a chip on my shoulder, still do to some extent, but it's better to live for love, right? It's better better to live uh, for those who have loved you. I want to prove them right. That was tremendous motivation. But I was... I, uh, I made sure I recorded that and watched it. Mm. Uh, I watched it earlier this morning real quick. As you know, I have mastered the art of watching mm-hmm. a football game in 26 minutes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, for those I, that uh, haven't
0: experienced it, it's really
1: <laughs> tough. <laughs> I don't know what's so tough about it. I really don't. You say it gives you headaches, but if the thir- it's the forward 30-second button. In an NFL game, it's perfect. As soon as the ball's down, you hit the forward 30 seconds, boom, you're at the next play. <laughs> you're boom, you're at the next play. The only adjustment you have to make is if, if a team is in a two-minute mode, right, and then you got to use the actual forward clicker a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. double, single. And uh, so there's that. Uh, the Indians got blasted yesterday. It was so disappointing. <laughs> mm-hmm. through, through six, it was two to two. And uh, – in, tr- in particular Trevor Bauer had a really bad outing through two bad balls and and uh 11 to 2 11 to 3 11 to 3 they the went in went down three
0: years in the postseason. um for the first time someone uh, it was a grocery that tweeted out last night that and it's since when is i mean it's been October and and Cleveland's hope is the Browns <laughs> <laughs> all hope is pointed toward oh, the Browns my gosh, you know it's, it's i true. Mean, no one knows what the Cavs will be fun to watch this year, but they're not going to do anything. And no. then, uh, well, yeah, the thirty-five wins, maybe. I do think they'll be better than people think. Really? I, I, I don't know. I think there would be a scrappy team with a lot to prove. You know, I think. Uh, I, I hope I so.
1: I'm going to support. They can have like a strong start before. and then
0: just you know fizzle out. But yeah. um, I think I think they'll be better than people think they will be. I do.
1: Well, I hope so. You know, the NBA is so wired for the superstar who just takes the game over at the end, and they don't have that. They mm-hmm. don't have that person who can just create on their own points. And mm-hmm. I'm angry. I I'm I will not lie. Yeah. I'm, I am I just I wish I could have, you know, had LeBron gone to the Spurs because you could win championships with a classy organization, I wouldn't. But to go to
0: Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Just because retire. of Hollywood, oh boy! I don't know why I didn't just retire. I mean, I said it last year. I think that'd be the, that'd be the coolest move of all. Of all is, is if he just retired after last year, um, because he's not. He's kind of said it in his pressers and stuff that he's not really there for, for winning. They don't. He doesn't really. You know, his language is implied. He doesn't really feel like they'll be out of the West. They'll, they'll get into the finals, and I no, don't have, have just just way. retire and act. I mean, there's no shame in that. Just,
1: <laughs> but he's an entertainer. Boy, is he ever! Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, it's like, oh man. And then last week, Kyrie came out and said that he was so thankful to the Boston organizations for getting him out of Cleveland, and I and I just uh, just made that zing even more. Another sp- just slap in the Cleveland face.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like it's kind of like no matter how great of a work environment you have, it, like you're your perspective will be mostly formed by whose uh, your authority is, right? That, that, that has a greater effect on you. And I think like when I hear that, like people like Kyrie say that and other people who have left Cleveland, I mean, uh, whoever, I don't know any Browns player, Crowell or someone, it has to do with, I, I, that's, that's on Dan Gilbert and people like that. You know, that's not, I don't think that's the, the Cleveland fans or anything. Um, most players when they come to Cleveland are blown away by the fans and the loyalty. And yeah, so that, uh, you know, I, I still, I say to say, I'm still, I still remain as bitter as uh, I did last May when um, I was partially advocating LeBron to leave because of the, of the team Dan Gilbert had put around him. And uh, Dan Gilbert's why he left in the first place. Um, Dan Gilbert fired David Griffin which is why Kyrie left I mean you know it's hmm. it has you know it has nothing I think it um when Kyrie says something like that or someone says something like that I think it you know it's still stupid to say but I think it's more about the uh, organization not the city the boss not the culture that he was in you know it's it's mm-hmm. uh the guy that signed the checks that um screwed it up again
1: so yeah. Let's go back to the incredible achievement last night by Drew Brees because here he was and we remember when he was playing for Purdue. He went to Purdue because coming out of Texas, he was not highly recruited. Um, Purdue was a great quarterback school at that time. It was known mm-hmm. for its quarterbacks, but even then he wasn't he wasn't high you know, he wasn't a five star. He goes to Purdue, it's phenomenal. He sets all kinds of Big Ten records. He uh, JT Barrett broke. The JT Barrett broke, which is a function more of the system JT plays in than than mm-hmm. you know his being more talented. He played in. nine years at Ohio State too. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's an advantage. Uh, interestingly, they're together now because JT's oh, on yeah. the on yeah. the practice squad with the Saints. That's ironic. Um, but I, I just, I, what way? So you get this guy, he goes to San Diego, he has a shoulder surgery. They say, hey, we don't think you're ever going to be the same. Um, the, uh, the, I think the Dolphins, for some reason, couldn't sign him. I hmm. think Saban wanted him. I may be mistaken on that, but Saban wanted him and couldn't get him for some reason. And that's, that's what Saban attributes, not being able to win in Miami, was hmm. not getting a quarterback. And for him, it was Drew Brees. He ends up at New Orleans, Katrina hits, they win the Super Bowl the next year. Crazy, crazy story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read his book, and it's just, it is is really inspiring. It shows what sports can do. And then a beneficiary of, of, a, of, a, of a great organization, he attributed his success to many, many people, uh, appropriately so. And yet, he is a professional in every regard, his preparation, his um, humility. In what way do you identify with that story, with Drew Brees? As we talk so much on this Chucked podcast about this draw we have to grit, to people who overcome, and it's part of the affection we have for for Cleveland. Our city is just mm-hmm. this you know mistake on the lake city and uh the browns epitomize loserville kind of in many ways for so many people outside the city but how do you uh, you watched that story last night how does it resonate with you
0: i don't know i, I maybe in the um something the accomplishment like that and overachieving um the only way it resonates with me is in a, a bizarro way. I don't feel like I've overachieved at anything. Um, I've quit some things in my life, unlike Drew Brees. Um, the greatest mark on my life um, so far, I guess, is one thing I've quit was actually good for me. It wasn't um, uh, giving in to something. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I marvel at that because um, that's not my story, and I don't think that's a many people's story and that's um why we why we like superheroes, why we like sports figures is um, we wish we could do that it's a hope of things that of, of um, there's a hope in that we know some people out there are doing that I think mm-hmm. that 's what I think of because that's not me um,
1: you're still very young
0: though. Yeah. I, I guess you that's know? not me to this point. Exactly. And that's a lot of people's lives up to that point is, um, cause we all get to, is this it? And, um, is there nothing more? So it's, it's comforting to see, uh, people who have exceeded, who have gone beyond, uh, who have gone in, in, into the uh, mort- immortality. So in a sense, uh, right. you know, uh, maybe even in a their the immortality of their their spirit their uh you know their their grit and it's, it's, it's kind of um synonymous in the way we use it here um so that's what i think of is um you know i love i love uh, uh one of my favorite things to view is great acting performance it's uh, the same feeling i get in watching drew Brees last night is mm. um that someone's capable of doing that because i'm not going to do that and I'm not going to, um, <laughs> you know, do something that Drew Brees did. But I, you know, it's uh, as a as a fellow human being and a participant in this whole thing, um, along with Drew Brees, along with Meryl Streep. I like, you know, pulling for a fellow human being, and seeing that witness, uh, yeah. witnessing that. Um, what about you?
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I was struck by. I was moved to tears. I'm watching this, and I'm utterly gripped with it. And I don't have a. An emotional connection to New Orleans, to the Saints, to Drew Brees, and yet just seeing a person experience the residual effects of a lot of loneliness, mm-hmm. being by himself, working out. I, again, we, I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago, one of my driving Proverbs has always been Proverbs 20, verse 4, a slugger does not plow in season, so at harvest he looks and finds nothing. In other words, everybody wants the harvest, but how many mm-hmm. people want to be out there in the field alone? Mm-hmm. And to have any kind of impact, you've got to be willing to be out on the field alone when nobody else wants to be out there. And uh, so much of great impact is a result of an embracing of boredom and loneliness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's embracing that. It's embracing the process, not the result. Uh, He did not, as he said last night, set out to become the all-time NFL passing leader. He set out to become the best he could be, Mm -hmm. and uh, he never. He still doesn't consider himself in the realm of Marino, Favre, Manning. Mm -hmm. I was listening to uh, Ryan Hawk's podcast. Uh, yes, I always listen to Ryan's podcast, The Learning Leader Show. If you don't listen to The Learning Leader Show, you should, because it epitomizes leadership and learning. Uh, I'm saying that to our listeners. And uh, Ryan interviewed Mitch Album uh, this week. And Mitch, you know, is, is a sports writer, but what he's most known for is Tuesdays with Maury, mm-hmm. and The Five People You Meet in Heaven. It sold 35 million copies between the two of them. And Ryan asked him, what's the trait that you see, what's the common denominator in your experiences with meeting so many people, the trait that you see in people that have had great impact? And album said, I think if I could boil it down to one trait, it's humility. It's humility. And uh, the, the interesting with that is because it, it, takes, it takes a humility. You know, humility is a, a position of strength. Actually, because I'm, I'm, I'm inwardly secure enough that I don't have to exalt myself. I'm not trying to validate myself. Humility is, I'm taken care of, I'm able to put others forward. And Jesus said the definition of greatness in His mind was that kind of person. And you look at Drew Brees. You know, I love it when they mic him. Humility of—he's just always telling his guys, "Hey, I love you guys." You know, he's just such a great leader, such a great leader. He's—he's a Christ follower, and so it's not a—you know—it's not a surprise that he's that way. But mm-hmm. in a world that is about ego and um, bravado and false bravado. This greatness that comes from him that I think the people in New Orleans recognize is just the the, the humility that Mitch Album was talking about. Um, Mitch was talking about uh, I say Mitch like I know him. Mitch Album was talking about oh, yeah, Mitch, my buddy, my sports writer buddy, Mitch. Uh, he was talking about um, he was invited to speak after Tuesdays with Maury at Starbucks. This was years number of years ago. Starbucks wasn't as big as it is now. And he said, I've i never drank Starbucks, I didn't know what it was, and it was at a book signing. We were, I, was doing a, I was speaking then, I was going to sign books for people, and a guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, I'm Mitch, and, and the guy says, I'm Howard. And uh, he says, "So you know, Howard, how long have you been with Starbucks? He says, well, since the beginning. And he said people around him started snickering. He <laughs> said, what? He said, well, I'm Howard Schultz, I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO of Starbucks. And he was just asking, he was in line asking him to sign his book. Huh. <laughs> and cool. it, the reason that resonates with me is our church was the strategy of how we would reach people. We largely built on a Jewish coffee maker named Howard Schultz because his book in 19, do you remember when we took the trip to North Carolina? You were probably, you were young, that was... We got somebody gave us a free week at a at a place in like '96 in North Carolina in Pinehurst, hmm. and we spent a week there. And I read "Pour Your Heart Into It," and it just utterly just catalyzed my vision of what the church could be—a third place, mm-hmm. right? It could be a place in a in a in a an experience economy, not a commodity economy, not a service economy. Um, a uh, experience economy. It could be a place where people experience something, not just go mm. for 10 pounds of God to go. And Howard Schultz, you know, he, he was his. It's still, I still go back and read it every once in a while. I, mm. Parts of it, not the whole thing, but I'll just go back and read parts of it because of how he built that coffee company and built it into uh, his version of the Italian espresso experience. Is a really good model for any type of experiential economy that you want to establish. And when Mitch Album told that Mitch, when Mitch told that story, uh, it was it was it was really cool because that's one of the things I thought that came out in the book is just the scrappiness of humility that Howard Schultz showed in getting turned down for this ridiculous idea that he was going to take this already established Seattle coffee company named Starbucks. You know, he didn't come up with the name. It was already established. He took it over when it was very nascent and young and fledgling. And just the humility it takes to grind it out one conversation at a time, one passing drill at a time, mm-hmm. uh, one book at a time, one, in Mitch Album's case, one word at a time. You know, writing. I told you I'm reading that book right now, what I talk about when I talk about running. Mm-hmm. By that Japanese fiction writer, um, Marukami, and it's phenomenal. M a r u k a m i, Marukami. It's it's. I think that's the name. Uh, it's just fascinating. Just the grind. He compares running with writing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, mm-hmm. and the grind of it, the humility it takes mm. to be a writer, mm. alone. Which most writers like that loneliness, but it's still it's isolating. Yeah, and uh, I, I just I would love to see video on the hours that Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning spent alone. Mm-hmm. You know, reading playbooks and watching film. I just am utterly fascinated by that process. This week. I do a training once a month, as you know, for CESO Mm -hmm. in uh, Austin Landing for their employees. And we're in a series on perfectionism. And uh, the one thing, the trait that imperfectionists, as one author calls them, has is that they don't need ideal circumstances Mm. to just get the job done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionists need everything to be ideal. I'm like I gotta have the right shoes, the right clothes, the right context, the right culture, and then I'll do it and and then actually imperfectionists don't make a big deal out of exercise hmm. they it's just like oh no, it's normal and you think about people like that have a uh they don't make a big deal about studying film and playbook. So you're so you say that about you you feel like you've not overachieved and when when I would look at you and the remarkable I mean you've it's it's I find it striking that as your dad as someone who knows you very well and we have the incredible joy of we watch get to watch football together yesterday we were playing tennis last night and I just think gosh how lucky are we that Mm-hmm. How blessed are we by God that we get to just play tennis together? You know, I'm mm-hmm. still relatively fit at 57, even though you made fun of me yesterday with how slow one of my serves was.
0: That was a compliment. That was No, perfect. it
1: was not. I Hey, all the Chuck listeners,
0: I want no. you to know...
1: That there was I a I know, comment. I know, you can hit
0: it harder than that, and I was saying <laughs> uh, oh. it's annoying that that's what you chose to do just then. And I'm
1: throwing junk, man. You I know, it was pitch, annoying. A pitcher and has to annoying. change up speed. <laughs> yeah, it was annoying. And he goes, you know, for all the listeners out there in Chuckland. He goes. Gosh! It took me two hours for it to get to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what it felt like. It had so much spin on it. That, uh, well, it what
1: was the, some of the surfs before that? They were probably they were you know hundred mile hours. They're pretty hard, you know? and
0: they, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> and uh, that one took two hours to get to me. It had nothing to do with stability or.
1: <laughs> I digress. You know, we, we have such this. You know, we get we get to watch the Browns together. I'm just so thankful for our relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that. You know at so many levels, and I look at you as the biggest overcomer i've ever known, and i've known a lot of overcomer stories, mm-hmm. which, as you know, is my highest value you know mm-hmm. the 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 overcomer part of love loves the highest value mm-hmm. but the 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 idea of overcoming is is uh is fascinating to me It's something i respect i don 't respect quitters you know and people who do and you overcame tremendous, tremendous lows, depression, and today God's using you to impact so many lives. So, it would strike me that you would say, you know, I've never overachieved. Well, you've only well, overachieved in life. That's, that's the only thing you've overachieved. Well, I think, I
0: mean, in, in a, in a, I guess, yeah, in a, in, a, in, a, in a soul depth level, maybe there's overachievement there and I, I would agree. Um, sure. I, I guess I mean in a more materialistic sense. You know, I... Um, Less important things. Yeah, I was, a, I was a, oh, I underachieved at basketball and um, underachieved at anything else I've done, and I've quit. <laughs> I mean, that's... And I'm fine with that. I don't well, care. Well, basketball uh, was what you were referring to. That it was a good thing you quit. No, I was talking about drugs and alcohol. Oh. <laughs> but... Um, okay, well, that's a good... Yeah. Yeah. What's well, so that? I, I, I... You know, that's... No, that, I, I would agree. That's a good thing I just, to quit. I just I guess I, I, what I'm saying is I don't care that I quit things. Um, I don't care... I mean, I'm a I'm a father, so I care more about my son achieving than I just you could give two shits about me achieving things. Um, you know, I I got I've got object, objectives today that I want to achieve. I want to learn from the people I'm learning from and um, finish the books I started, and that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, share those things with other people. Um, but so yeah, I, I say that in a sense of. Um, yeah, I mean, materialistically, I'll never have August Osage County and I'll never have 71,000 passing yards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't I don't care. But So, it's nice seeing immortality played out in materialism, even though it's from dust to dust. Um, I, it's nice seeing it as a fellow human being because mm-hmm. those things matter to, to us, even though they don't matter in an existential sense.
1: Right, exactly. They like Sports matters only in that it has a potential to bond people and build mm-hmm. character. That's it. I mean, other than that, they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they bond us, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sports bond us. They we, we use build our character, but as as existentially, it just doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I know it doesn't feel that way. Parent of the fourth grader playing select fill in the blank it just doesn't matter except to bond families and people and build character that's it that's the only value it has even the NFL level it, the economic impact it has is big but mm-hmm. other than that uh, you know it doesn't matter and what's your takeaway then as you sit here today you know I turned 57 Friday and I was I was doing some journaling and I and I just thought you know you look you get you get the thinking existential things that certain ages, you know. So 57 is now upper 50s. Yeah. And I and I thought, you know, it was such a it was such a a, a epiphany for me that I was most thankful. And I and I just I mean this as a this is Christ in me cuz this is not me, but I you know what I was most thankful for I've been able to have an opportunity to love a lot of people. That's what I was most thankful for. Most especially your mom and you, you guys. But I was most thankful for the opportunity to love so many people. And I was like, wow, I'm growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was most thankful for that. It was the thing that I, when I look back, I, you know, I did a little bit of reflecting on my life in 57 years. I was most thankful for that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told one time that I wasn't very good at loving people, and that was a that was a, a spear that I needed to hear. You know? mm-hmm. But when you don't give up on yourself, but monly, when you're not giving up on yourself, you're not giving up on Christ in you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what He can achieve, and I, I genuinely love people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. I just I just love all kinds of people. That's not me. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's my 71,000 passing yards, you know, I hope. And I hope that for you, because you do. You have such a love for people mixed with a... You don't have a need to please people. You're so far ahead of where I was when I was 28. Because I I didn't have a love for people, but I faked it really well, because I wanted to get there. Mm -hmm. But I also had a high need to please people. And that, you know, I wasn't as healthy at 28. I would look more pleasing to people than you do. Because I wanted to please people, and people want a pastor who wants to please people. Mm-hmm. That's really what they want. And uh, you have such a, a gen- you have a genuine love for people, but you don't have a high need to be to please people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really I look forward to seeing what God does. What seventy-one thousand-yard bear you hit, you know, mm-hmm. with that. Well we're glad we could talk a little Drew Breeze, a little Mitch album, my buddy Mitch, a little Howard Schultz, and a little Austin Charles. This is Charles Braxton. Until next time on Chuck, you have a great day.